right, Luke chapter 1. All right, Luke chapter number 1 in your Bibles this morning. And uh, we'll be reading several verses in just a few moments uh, because um, uh, I think it's necessary and pertinent for uh, the message today, all right? Now, um, there were a lot of people who were surprised at the birth of Jesus. Considerable amount of people. They shouldn't have been because they were made aware of it. They were made aware that he was coming and how he was going to come. In fact, that he would be born of a virgin. They were, uh, it was made clear that w- of what city that he would be born in, the city of Bethlehem. All of those things were, were not surprising or should not have been surprising to the mass of people that was in the world at that time. However, <laughs> they were surprised. Unfortunately, the majority of people were not ready. They were not ready for him. and didn't pay attention to the things that God had put in place for Jesus to come. The majority of people weren't paying attention to what Isaiah said in chapter 7 or chapter 9. Or in Zechariah, as we've been saying, the majority of people just didn't recognize that. You know what? I found this to be true as I read that passage of Scripture and early in, in Luke. We're going to read it in a moment. When, As we've studied through the minor prophets and many of them people there were surprised by the events and the things that are going on and, and all that has, is relating to Jesus, I find the very same thing happening today. People are just not ready. Amen. The majority of people today in our world are not ready for Jesus to come. Even though we have, we've got this book. This book prepares us. It shows us what is going to happen. It tells us that there are things that we can look for in preparation for the coming of Jesus. Now, now mind you, even if people don't believe this book or his word or they may deny even his existence, it still doesn't change the fact That Jesus is coming back. We've been talking a lot about that. About him coming back. And I'm grateful that he is. I'm ready. I'm ready for him. How many is ready for him to come? You ready? Man, it will be so exciting for him to come back. Now, Now, at the same time, my heart is overwhelmed because there are some people who are just not ready. You've talked to people, I've talked to people before, and you give them the gospel and they're just not ready. I, I, I mean, just a few weeks ago, my wife and I were talking with a young lady and we shared everything that we possibly could from the Word of God to, to lead her to salvation. It would come down to the time and to pray and she said, uh, no, not right now. I have to think about it. There's a lot to consider in everything that you've said. And my heart just sank. My heart sank because I know that time is of the essence. It, it's, it's very short. It's imperative that people know because we've seen all of these signs. Have y'all noticed some things going on in our world? I mean, God's been preparing things. Just as he did for Jesus to come the first time, God's been preparing things. And he has since, all right, let's, let's, let's go ahead and call this date, 1948. Okay? That's, that's when Israel became a state. We've already discussed that. 
So, so God has been putting things in motion for Jesus to come back. Just like he did the first time. Wow. That's interesting. Can I, let's show, I'm going to show you something from this text of Scripture. And a lot of times when we're talking about Christmas, and we're talking about the coming of Jesus the first time, we, we, we kind of skip over a little bit of Luke chapter 1. And, and we, we forget some important key elements in that chapter. We go right to chapter 2 or we go to Matthew, the last part of Matthew chapter 1 and then Matthew 2. And we'll probably get to those parts at some point in time. But today I think that it's important that we understand just as God prepared the world for him coming the first time, he's preparing for him to come again. So what, did, what was it that God did at the very beginning when Jesus came the first time as a babe in Bethlehem? Let's look at it, all right? You're in Luke chapter 1. Look with me beginning with verse, uh, number, uh, verse number 5. Verse 5. I know, I put it wrong. I gave it to you wrong. My bad. Verse 5. <clears throat> there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia. And his wife uh, was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. That shows character on their part. This is important. Let me ask you this question. Is it important that you and I have character and integrity? If we have any desire whatsoever to be used of God, we need to pattern some our lives a little bit after Zacharias and Elizabeth. They walked. They both were righteous and walked in the commandments. Look at verse 7. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they were both, uh, they both were well, now well, stricken in years. Mmm. And we're not sure how old that is, but I see some folk here who are well stricken in years. Amen. Amen. I, look, I'm not, I'm, that's, I think that's gracious words that, that Luke uses, don't you think? You know, he could say, you look old. He could say, you're wrinkled. I mean, that just tells on you. He said, they're just well stricken in years. It's been good to you. God's been good to you. All right. All right, look what else he said. Verse 8. It came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. The whole multitude of people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. That had been an amazing scene. When Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him, wouldn't you? You're standing there burning the incense in the temple and there's an angel appears to you. What would you do? Huh? Some of you would go, ah! <laughs> Some of you would fall on your face. Don't kill me, all right? You know? Some of you would be laid out flat, prone on the ground. You're afraid he's got some kind of weapon or something. Anyway, he's fearful. Verse 13, but the angel said to him, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. 
And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. That's important. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias or Elijah to turn their hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedience to the the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That's important. Do you see what John's purpose is? His, His ministry is going to be is preparing the way for Jesus and Turning the hearts of, of, of people back to God. Giving them, re- giving them uh, 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 wisdom and making them ready for the coming of Jesus. Verse 18, and Zechariah said to the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I'm an old man. And my wife is well stricken in years. <laughs> now, I, I, I know this. Zechariah is being great. He said, I'm old. But my wife, she's just well stricken in years. Lesson, guys. There's a lesson in that. All right. Amen. Amen. So what is going on here? I want you to look at one more passage, all right? I'm not going to read all of this. I know it's a lot of verses. But skip over with me to verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God in the city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And this virgin's name was Mary. Did y'all notice something in that text? It's very clear. Fulfillment of prophecy, by the way. Verse 28, the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Notice he did not say, Blessed art thou above women. Did y'all catch that? There are some who think that Mary should be blessed above women, above anybody and everybody else in the world. That is not what Scripture says. She's blessed and favored among women. Verse 29, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Well, Zacharias is troubled when he sees the angel. Mary's troubled when she sees the angel. And, and, and she cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He should be great. He should be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. That's an important statement. And Mary said to the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Hmm. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born unto thee shall be called the Son of God. Behold, thy cousin Elizabeth hath also conceived a son in her old age. Uh Uh-oh. I find it interesting that Zacharias was gracious. She's just well stricken in years. But the angel of God said she's old. (laughs) And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. I love this verse. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Our Father, we pray that you bless the reading of your word. I ask, Lord, that you would give us the help that we need this morning to convey this message. Lord, I pray that it be a help and encouragement to every heart here this morning. You know the need of our lives. And Lord, may we see Jesus in light of 
this passage of Scripture. Lord, may we also make ourselves ready and prepared for your coming. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Gabriel's been a busy fellow, hadn't he? He was busy, he went to Zacharias, told him all that. We read the story, I'm not going to belabor all of that. He went and informed uh, you know, Zacharias of what was going to happen with Elizabeth, his wife, going to have a baby. <laughs> how, many, how many of you guys remember that day? You remember that day? Amen. When, when your wife said, we're, we're going to have a baby. Now, you could have reacted in a number of ways. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Zacharias, however, being skeptical because of his age and because of her being well-stricken in years. The angel told him, you know, that and I didn't read this part, but it's here in the text. Because Zacharias was a bit skeptical, and he said, I, I can imagine him saying, are you, are you for real? That's a Haskett paraphrase, by the way. I, I, I don't understand. I'm old, okay? My wife's well stricken in a year. How is this going to happen and all that? And, and Zacharias basically just did not believe. So the angel said, you're not going to be able to speak until the child's born. Ouch. Now, I don't know if Elizabeth enjoyed those moments. We don't know. That's not in the text, all right? But he was not able to speak. But, but given his responsibility, the people were a little bit, okay, well, you know, we need to hear from, from God. And Zacharias is the one who, who speaks to us. He works in the, the temple and all of that. Well, how, how, how is this going to happen? The people were a little bit concerned that Zacharias wasn't able to speak. He could write. Couldn't speak. Interesting. Gabriel then makes his way over to, uh, to Nazareth, talks to Mary, tells her, we read the story, announces that she's going to have a baby. Again, fulfillment of prophecy. Several miracles are taking place in this whole scene that's happening here. Mary's a virgin. We know that from Isaiah 7, 14. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. It's said so twice here in verse 27 to a virgin espoused. And this virgin's name was Mary. It's very clear. The Bible is very clear. Listen, that is a very important, major, 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 major doctrine of the Bible that Jesus was born of a virgin. Amen. Don't miss that. Joseph, he, he, he did not want to, to, to harm Mary's reputation. We learn about what he did over in Matthew chapter number 1. He didn't want to hurt her reputation nor his at the same time. So he took her away privately and all that. And the Bible tells us all that. Now listen, Gabriel knew that the Holy Ghost would come upon her. Gabriel knew all of these things that were going to happen. But one of the things that he said, and I thought this was very interesting, he said that the Holy Ghost would overshadow you. So what does that mean? The word in itself means that he, that, that, that he would rest upon her with divine power and influence. Whoa. Think about that for a moment. 
So Gabriel, the, the angel of the Lord, has come and he's telling Mary all these things. He's told Zacharias and Elizabeth and Joseph. He's been a busy fella and all that. But to Mary, he says, the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. In other words, the Holy Spirit of God is going to rest on you with some divine power and influence. Your reputation is not going to be harmed. Your, your testimony is going to remain intact. You are a woman who is highly favored among women. God's chosen you and his power and influence is going to rest on you, Mary. Amazing. All of these things, all of these miracles, all of these things that are happening, you know, things are going to be a little bit different now around Zacharias and Elizabeth's house. You know, he's not going to be able to speak. Elizabeth, well stricken in years, she's going to, you know, she's going to start showing. You know, they, they've got to get ready. Around, around Mary's house, Mary and Joseph, she's going to, you know, people are going to start talking. Well, she's not even married. Things are going to be different. Can I, can I say this? I'm not asking permission. I'm just going to say it. When the baby comes, things are going to be different. I want to read you a message this morning entitled, He's Coming, He's Coming. What do you mean by that? The baby's coming. Not only is the, the babe has come, we're talking about Jesus in, in that light, but he's, he's coming. He's coming. He's, he's coming again. John the Baptist, which, which one am I talking about? I'm talking about both of them, okay? Because both of them are indeed miracles. John the Baptist, he was born to prepare the way. Jesus is born to provide the way. Was it not Jesus who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Remember the difference. Remember the difference between the two. Notable miracles being announced right here in this same chapter. Yet John the Baptist, it's very clear his purpose and the ministry that he is going to be involved with. He is preparing the way, preparing the hearts, getting everybody ready. Listen, listen, over the last several weeks, a month or so, I've been trying to get you prepared because he's coming. Jesus is coming. Hearts need to be ready. Ready or not, he's coming. That announcement has already been made. What do you mean announcement? He told his disciples that he was coming back, didn't he? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for it. If I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And where I am, there you may be also. Jesus, he's already made the announcement. The announcement's been made to Zacharias and Elizabeth. Hey, your son John, he's coming. In in fact, we read later on in this chapter, they said, uh, all right, we've we've got to circumcise him. What's his name? They wrote down Zacharias, and Zacharias scratched that out, and he said, no, his name's John. And they're all like, well, nobody in your family's named John. They said, well, that's what Jesus said. That's what God said. His name's going to be John. But John... Again, was born to 
prepare the way. Jesus was born to provide the way. John the Baptist is born to tell of repentance. Jesus was born to redeem. See, all, all John could do was tell about it. All John's message was, it was, was simple. Hey, ask for forgiveness. But Jesus is born to say, I forgive you. So there's a difference between the two. Even though both of them are miracle, both of them are kin. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the cousin. Elizabeth is the cousin of Mary. I mean, it's amazing that God was using, that God was using all of these players, all of these people in this, this fact that Jesus is coming. Let me give you three things real quick about his coming. And, and I hope this will help, to help you. And, and maybe you can even relate to this whenever you, mom, dad, some of you young couples in here, some of you are a little, you're well stricken in years. You've already had your children and, you know, grand, you hear about grandchildren and all that. I mean, you get excited, right? You get excited. So, so what is it? First of all, I want you to note there's an, a, the immediate expressions. The immediate expressions. Families and friends, uh, they all begin to know and hear. The first ones to hear about the, the coming baby is, is who? You know, usually it's the spouse, okay? Usually. Uh, and there might be some rare cases, but then, but then, you know, mom and dad, both sides, sometimes they do it all together. Some, I mean, it's, it's a plethora of ways that all of that can be done. But usually family and friends are the first ones to know, and then it begins to trickle out. Word begins to spread. Did you hear? But people respond differently, don't they? People respond differently to, to, to the news. Some, some respond in disbelief. Really? Some cry with joy. Some cry. <laughs> I, I remember the story being told of an evangelist friend of mine. He was... Was, he and his wife both were a little, they weren't well stricken in years, but they were stricken in years. And he made the announcement public at a meeting that he was at. And a friend of his sitting on that, you can hear it on the, on the audio, you can hear it on the audio. Another pastor knowing him well says, oh. Oh my. I listen to that over and over and over again. Listen, when, when Jesus is announced, the immediate expressions will vary, won't they? There, there's who, who is who is that? Some some will some will say, Who is that? Who is Jesus? I've had people say that to me before. Who's Jesus? What, what is sad today, even in, in our country, in our culture, that some people don't know who Jesus is. In, in the Netherlands, where the Williams family is going, I dare say there's some there that don't know who Jesus is. 
Some won't believe him. Others will be filled with joy. Think about how Jesus, when he entered into a village, uh, some would do anything they could to catch a glimpse of him. That fellow Zacharias, you know, he, he was short, but he wanted, he wanted to see Jesus, so he climbed up in a tree, right? And he, he wanted to see who he was. And some others were, were so thrilled that he was coming to town. If, oh, if I can just touch him, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Oh, so many are excited when they hear about Jesus. There's an immediate expression. Let me ask you this question this morning. When you hear the name Jesus, how do you respond to that? When you understand and know that he's coming, he's coming. How, what, what's your expression? What's your immediate expression? Is it an expression of fear like Zechariah when the angel appeared to him or Mary when the angel appeared to her? What is an expression of fear? Jesus is coming. Oh my, I need to get ready. Yes, we do need to get ready because he is coming. We don't know the day nor the hour. It's expected that he would come at any moment. That is why it is an imperative thing that you and I be ready for his coming. He is coming just as he was coming. And he has announced that his coming is here. When he entered into a village, some hated him. The Pharisees despised his teaching because it was truth. The demons knew and recognized who he was. and They recognized he was the son of God. The demons recognized it and they fled. The, the sick, they would run to him. There's an immediate expression. It's so varied among different people. I could go to every person in here. How would you respond to the announcement? He's coming. He's coming today to this house. Some would just hope for a touch from the master. He's coming. He's coming. Notice this with me. Secondly, not only is there immediate expressions, but secondly, there's impressive expectations. Impressive expectations. When the news is announced that Jesus is coming, certain expectations increase, as is the case with when a baby is announced to the, to the family. There are certain expectations come to mind. One thing for certain, one thing for certain, this is, this is true in every household. Boy, girl, matters not what time of day that the baby is born, things are going to change. Life is going to change. Am I right? Sometimes, sometimes we, we, look at, we look and we say, oh man, I can't wait for their smiles. I can't wait for those funny little things that they say and all that stuff. Don't forget about the cries. Among other things. The diapers. And the diapers. And then, there's diapers. Along with those great expressions. You know, sometimes they're just, they're, they're, they're so hilarious. I love it. I, I got to say this. I love being a grandparent. I love being a papaw. And it's just, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? You know, Brother Steve and Miss Kathy, they just had a, their first great, the second, I'm sorry, the second great-grandchild. 
but they're not well stricken in years. Impressive expectations. What is it about Jesus? He's coming. He's coming. You know, Mary knew he was the Son of God. She's told that. Maybe she had certain expectations that others would not have had. Can you imagine what it's like to raise the Son of God as a baby? Do you think Jesus ever cried as a baby? He got hungry. What expectations do we have when Jesus comes? She knew his name is holy. She knew his mercy is enduring. She knew his strength is unfailing. She knew his help was, would be incredible all during every phase of her pregnancy and birth and adolescence and all of that. God would give her the strength. God would give her the mercy. God would give her everything that she needed. Impressive expectations. He's coming. He's coming. Though this announcement is amazing. You know, today, there is no, in today's world, no name is more controversial than Jesus. No truth is more convicting than Jesus' truth. Satan has done much to destroy or attempt to destroy him, but Jesus is always victorious. And he always will be victorious. Satan thought he had won at Calvary, but Jesus rose in victory at conquering death and hell on that, that, that great day. When he, when he came to life on that day, he, there's some impressive, impressive expectations of Jesus. We can read about it all throughout the Old Testament. And John prepared the way and we read about him even in the New Testament. We expect him to comfort us in times of sorrow. We expect him to grant us peace whenever we're uneasy inside. He alone gives a peace that the world cannot give. There's some impressive expectations of Jesus in his life, in his ministry, and when he comes again. Hey, he's coming. He's coming. I expect things to be different. When he comes. Let me give you this last truth. Last thing. Not only is there the immediate expressions. The impressive expectations. But there's the incomparable excitement. The family and the friends are all so excited. When Mary entered the house of Elizabeth. We read about it. Or we didn't read it a moment ago. But when she walked into the house. Guess what happened? John was six months in the womb of his mother. And the Bible says that he leaped in the womb. Can you imagine what that would feel like? Now, I understand the bumping, you know, the kicking, the elbows and all that, the headbutts. You know, I, I get it. I, I, you know, but, but leaping? My first question is, John, how'd you do that? The tiny little room in there. I don't know. Did John go, whoa? He's coming. 
coming. Jesus is here. All right. Man, I don't know what he did. I can't wait to find out. What you do in the womb, dude? I didn't mean to call John a dude. But I just, you know. Oh. When we meet Jesus for the first time, you know what? It's exciting, isn't it? It's incomparable. Think about his capabilities. Think about all that God is able, capable of doing. I thought about this in preparing. You know what? He can, you know, when we're going through life, you know, because things change, you know, we have things that are unexpected. And, 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 but Jesus can do something. He can either calm the sea, the stormy sea, or he can calm me. One or the other. He can remove the demons from the maniac of Gadara or he can protect us from the demonic influences. One or the other. He can open our eyes to the truth or he can blind us so that we only see him. He can make us walk again or he can cause us to fall on our knees so that we will praise him. He can rescue us in this life or He can give us a new one. <laughs> Those are the incomparable things that God can do. I don't know about you, but that kind of is exciting that He can do that. That's why we trust Him. We trust Him. Because if it's a storm, which one is He going to do? I don't know. Is it peace we need? Which one is he going to do? Is it influence that, that we need to be protected from? Or is he going to remove that influence? Whatever the situation calls for, I know it is an incomparable excitement knowing that God and God alone can do it. So, when this announcement was given about to, you know, to Zacharias, Elizabeth, and Mary, and Joseph, and all that, I, I do think that some of these things, you know, may have occurred. It occurred to them. The immediate expressions, obviously, they started right off. There's that impressive expectations. Mary had certain expectations because he was the Son of God. But then there's the incomparable excitement. You all know how it is that day, that, that day of excitement. It's time. It's time. Some panic. And some, the adrenaline starts to flow and it's like, here we go. All right. The first one's always interesting. Not that it's any easier from then on, but there are certain things that you kind of expect to happen, and it's still just as exciting. Well, let me say this about Jesus coming He is coming, He's coming. Whether you're ready or not, He's coming. John came to prepare the way. But Jesus is the way. He's coming. He's coming. Father, we love you so much. We're thankful for the blessings of this day and the hour. Lord, we pray that you would use the thoughts, please, to be helpful. May it encourage our hearts. I know, Lord, we just kind of simply read through this passage and pointed out some things that, that might be of a help and encouragement to hearts here. And Lord, I pray that 
we would see within ourselves, within ourselves, that, that your coming is very near. Even as the majority was not prepared for his coming the first time, and that's so it stands to reason the majority is not prepared even today. But Lord, we do know that, that, that you have the, the, the capabilities of reaching to places that, that we can't. And I ask, Lord, today that you would reach into the hearts of every person here this morning. And may we, may we be um, conscious of the preparation that we have made in our own heart. Lord, speak to hearts. We pray we love you for what you will do in our time of invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Their heads still bowed, but just a moment, please. Miss Debbie's going to play when she's ready. How many this morning, how many this morning the Lord has spoken to your heart? I know we've kind of been talking about being ready. And many in that day were not ready for Jesus coming. How many are ready today for His coming? May I remind you even of the title, He's coming, He's coming. The announcement was made by an angel back then. We may not have an angel that would announce today like he did back then, but we do have his word that shows us and tells us that he is coming. As, as one that would proclaim the truth of God's word, I'm trying to get you to understand, everybody in here to understand that he is coming and it is imperative that you are ready as well. If the Lord has spoken to your heart this morning, I'm going to invite you to come. Several have made their way here. Just come on. Stand up. Stand up. Come on. Get right down here. There's a place for you this morning to talk to the Lord. And I invite you to come, if you would, please. Maybe you need to pray for someone else. Maybe you know somebody else that's not ready. How many know that? You know somebody that's not ready to meet Jesus? All right, would you do this for me? Would you pray for them right now? Would you take just a moment and pray for them right now? Call their name out to the Lord. You know who they are, otherwise you wouldn't have raised a hand. But I'm, I'm asking you right now, pray for them specifically right now by name. Lord, please put somebody in their path. Help them to be ready for your coming or their going. There's still an opportunity for you to come and pray for those who have need or, or even for yourself. We'll give you that opportunity right now.
me ask you a couple of questions before we go. How many of you here today would be able to raise a hand and say, Pastor, something happened to me next week, next month. I know without any doubt, I know that I'd go to heaven. I put my faith and trust in Jesus. Can you raise a hand today? I know I'm on my way to heaven. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Is there anybody here today would would be honest with me and say, Pastor, if something happened to me next week, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I'd go to heaven, but I, I know I do not want to go to hell. And I need you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up? Just raise it right straight up, right back down. Let me see it so that I can pray for you. I won't come to you. I won't, I won't send anyone to you, but I will definitely pray for you. Anyone at all. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I see that hand. Anyone else? Preacher, I'm not sure about heaven, but I know I don't want to go to hell. All right, I'm going to ask you to do this. Sir, for you, just raise your hand. I have someone here at the front who will be glad to speak with you. If you'd like to come, or keep that altar open for you if you'd like to do so. Before you leave today, you can make sure that you know Jesus. Would you like to do that? If you're serious about knowing Jesus, serious about heaven, we want to give you every opportunity you possibly can. We'd love for you to come. We'd love to be able to share that truth with you. Would you like to do that, sir? For those of you watching online, thank you for tuning in today. Pray that the service would have been a help to you. Maybe encouraging you a bit, but also challenging. He's coming. He's coming. May the Lord help us to be ready. If we can help you in any way, there's some information on your screen. Uh, please reach out to us. We'll be, be glad to get back to you promptly. Thank you so much for tuning in.